Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Roadmap to Heaven. I'm Adam Wright. So happy to be with you at 7 a.m. on this Thursday morning, January 25th. How are you today? Is your morning off to a good start? Well, no matter what kind of start your morning's off to, and hopefully it's a great one, we're going to offer the whole day to God right now with our morning offering. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it's a beautiful morning. The sky actually has a little bit of blue to it as the sun starts to think about creeping up over the horizon. And here we are. We've got some... I'm really excited for today. Can I just tell you how excited I am for today's radio broadcast of Roadmap to Heaven? We've got Father David Skillman with The Redeemer of Man. It's our Thursday study series with Father Skillman. I love it. You love it. We all love it. We're going to dive deeper into it. So that's all ahead on the show today. First, let's go to Mike Roberts and our Saint of the Day. Today is the memorial of the conversion of St. Paul. It is the greatest conversion of all time. When St. Stephen the Martyr is being stoned to death, it is the Jewish leader Saul who orchestrates and supervises his execution as attackers lay their cloaks at Saul's feet before killing Stephen. Brilliant, loyal, and viciously dedicated to the task of wiping out the remnants of the movement Jesus started referred to as the Way, Saul has no problem with violence as a means to end Christianity. And Jesus' apostles and disciples have every reason to fear him. Today in Acts, we hear from Paul himself. I am a Jew born in Tarsus, educated strictly in your ancestral law and zealous for God. I persecuted this way to death, binding both men and women, delivering them to prison and set out for Damascus to bring back to Jerusalem in chains for punishment those there as well. That journey, of course, will be the turning point, not just for Saul, but for millions of Christians down through the centuries who will come to know Christ through his conversion. On that journey, as I drew near to Damascus at about noon, a great light from the sky suddenly shone around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I replied, who are you, sir? And he said to me, I am Jesus, the Nazarene, whom you are persecuting. I asked, what shall I do, sir? The Lord answered me, get up and go to Damascus. Meanwhile, the Lord also appears to Ananias and tells him to go lay his hands on Saul and heal him. Overcoming his fear, which he expresses to the Lord, he does this. Saul, my brother, the Lord has sent me, Jesus, who appeared to you, that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. He changed his name to Paul, gained the trust of Jesus' apostles and disciples, and began an epic evangelization traveling 10,000 miles and writing nearly half of the books in the New Testament. And his evangelization continues to this day. St. Paul, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts.
The last time Father David Skillman was with us on a Thursday morning to talk about the Redeemer of Man, this encyclical from St. John Paul II that we've been walking through for many weeks, we focused on what John Paul II very clearly articulated as the church's purpose, that each person may be able to find Christ with the power of truth and the power of love. And this is in the context of this third section now, Redeem Man and His Situation in the Modern World. Last week, we focused in on Christ uniting himself with redeemed man. This week, we're going to continue to look at this, uh, specifically at the church and all the ways the church is called to lead man. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, title to this section of this part of the encyclical, For the Church Always Lead to Man. Uh, So John Paul is kind of easing us into this uh, kind of, we would use the word critical, I suppose, assessment of our modern reality. Um, by reminding us uh, of what is transcendent. So before he gets into kind of the unique characteristics of the modern situation, he wants to ask what's true of man in every age, including our own. And to do so, he goes back to um, probably his favorite document from Vatican II, Gaudium et Spes. Um, And these words, which are really a beautiful reflection on just kind of human nature, and I think would be beautiful words for us to pray and and meditate upon. The council wrote this, in man himself, many elements wrestle with one another. Thus, on the one hand, as a creature, he experiences his limitations in a multitude of ways. On the other, he feels himself to be boundless in his desires and summoned to a higher life. Pulled by manifold attractions, he is constantly forced to choose among them and to renounce some. Indeed, as a weak and sinful being, he often does what he would not and fails to do what he would. Hence, he suffers from internal divisions, and from these flow so many and such great discords in society. It's an amazing assessment, I think, just of our our human experience, and there are echoes of St. Paul, that those words especially about doing what we would not and failing to do what we would. Um, But this is the situation of, of each man, that favorite little phrase of John Paul in this encyclical, not just of humanity in general, but each man is in this situation because of the fall, because we, we live in a broken world, right? A fallen world because of sin. And it's manifest in uh, unique ways, given the circumstances, the kind of the particularities of our life. But each one of us has this tension within us uh, between good and evil, right? An attraction, this kind of these infinite desires for good, but also our limitations and our, our tendency to sin. But each one of us has not only this tension, but also the hope that comes from being redeemed. Each one of us has been redeemed, and the church's mission uh, is to, as, as we saw so beautifully last week, enable each person to find Christ and really to hold up two realities before us. The church is always reminding us of our possibilities, right? We've been redeemed, and so there's this possibility of being human in in the fullest sense, kind of... Um, transcending those limitations, if you will, that draws down and, and really the possibility of, of the perfect life of eternal life of heaven. But right along with that, the church always keeps before us the threats, the threats to man. In the words of John Paul, all that seems to oppose the endeavor to make human life ever more human, uh, which means to make human life as it was meant to be in the beginning, right before sin, uh, so the church is, is realistic, and this is kind of going to launch him now into a, a more specific 
evaluation of, of modern man, our situation today, the church is realistic, both about what threatens man and about what man could be if he opens himself to the grace of Christ. And, and we're each called to live in this reality. Again, each man, right? Each person, each one of us has to acknowledge my own sins, the temptations that I struggle with, but also I have to recognize that there's great hope that I can become a saint by the grace of God. And so um, these, the church holding up man's possibilities as well as what threatens man invites me then into this kind of personal reflection on where am I threatened by sin, um, but also where do I find my hope? And it's going to be in the person of Christ who has redeemed me. It, it brings me back to that saying that we're made for more, you know, and that we don't have to be defined by our mistakes, that through redemption, and, and especially through the sacraments here in this earthly pilgrimage, uh, our Lord offers us a way to be free of sin, uh, knowing full well that I'm probably, and by probably mean I am going to stumble again, I'm sure, but get to go back to that sacrament and mm-hmm. experience that love and have that taste of, of what he's calling us to be. And I don't know about you, but it, it, there have been times in my life where if I'm struggling with something, that great hope is that realization, that reminder that I am made for more than just wrestling with what this is. I, I am made for something better than a life of sin. Yeah, I love that connection you're making, especially with confession. Um, John Paul doesn't speak about that explicitly here. He did earlier. But I, you think about it, every time... I walk through the door of a confessional. It's both of these things, right? It's it's realizing how I'm wounded by sin, where I need healing. But it's also, so it's an act of repentance to walk through that door, but it's also a great act of hope, right? Because it's saying, even though I've fallen, that doesn't define me. And the grace on offer here in, in this holy place makes it possible for me to become the saint that God has made me to be. Well, this was not the intention of today's segment, but I will say this. uh, Let it serve as a reminder. If you need to go to confession, go to confession. Don't wait. Don't delay. Father, thank you for being with us once again this week. Thank you for having me. We pause on this Thursday for our daily dose of encouragement, and all week long we have been hearing about some wonderful saints of the early church, and they have two things in common. They're all women, and they're all mentioned in the Roman canon. And here with another saint for us to learn about today is Patty Schneier. Well, today in our list of Felicity Perpetua, Agatha, Lucy, Agnes, Cecilia, Anastasia, we're going to focus on Cecilia. She's another famous early church martyr mentioned, of course, in the canon of the Mass. Her feast day is November 22nd. And most people know one thing about St. Cecilia. They know that she is the patron saint of music. But why? That's the question I asked. Why? Well, she was engaged to be married to a non-Christian named Valerian. Because of Cecilia's influence, Valerian and his brother converted to Christianity. Legend has it that she sang on the day of her marriage, not joining in the merriment, but rather sitting apart, singing to God in her heart. Valerian and his brother were exposed as Christians when they were apprehended for burying the bodies of martyred Christians. They were arraigned before the Roman prefect, and when they refused to sacrifice to the gods, they were beheaded. So Cecilia was a widow as well. Um, Cecilia buried their bodies, and in turn, she herself was arrested and sentenced to death. She was struck three times in the neck with a sword, 
and then lingered on for three days. After her death, her home was converted into a church and her body was buried in a crypt. In 821, her body was removed from the crypt and placed under the altar in the basilica after her name, the Basilica of St. Cecilia. What touches my heart so much about St. Cecilia is the story of her sitting apart and singing to God. How often do we do that? In the greatest moments of our life or in the moments of fear? When we are overwhelmed with joy or overwhelmed with grief? Do we sing to God? I had what I call a St. Cecilia moment when on vacation with my husband Larry in Alaska two years ago. We were on the last car of the train going from Denali back to Anchorage, and I stood out on the back platform of that caboose, and I had it all to myself. The mountains were so majestic. The sky was so blue. The trees and the water in the air just overwhelmed my senses, and I just burst into song at the top of my lungs, singing glory to God in the highest. I just kept singing the Gloria. Glory to God in the highest. I just could not stop singing it. The whole Gloria. So maybe today, take a moment or tomorrow and just sing in your heart to God. Maybe make up your own melody or sing your favorite song. Sing whatever is in your heart. The second thing that touches me about both St. Cecilia and her husband was the risk that they took to bury the dead. To bury the dead is a corporal work of mercy, and for most of us, we only have to drive a short distance or go make a visitation, drive a short way to attend the funeral mass. We don't risk our lives, but let's make sure that we at least attend the funerals of those who have touched our lives. So St. Cecilia, pray for us. Another great saint, one of my favorites too, and I love hearing these insights into her life. Patty, thank you for today's Dose of encouragement. Here's a thought for us as we finish up the show today. I have heard it said that our participation in the spiritual life doesn't just affect ourselves, but it affects others. One of the very real ways I've heard this uh, is the work of exorcists. And as they work to confront demonic oppression, demonic possession, that um, the efficacy is affected by the corporate body of Christ and, and how much we are embracing our role to pray. Not to say that in the end they won't be effective because they're not doing it in their name. They're, they're doing their work in the name of Jesus, who is always going to be the victor. But I've heard it said things are taking longer now because fewer and fewer people pray. Now, sometimes it's very comfortable to say, all right, I'm going to pray. I love praying. I, I spend time in prayer every day. When's the last time you went to the Sacrament of Confession, Sacrament of Reconciliation? Um, well, uh, oh, we don't need to talk about that. It's been a while. In fact, let, let's not bring that up. Let's not go there. Well, actually, let, let's bring it up. Let's go there. Not because I'm here to say, wow, you're terrible. That's not it at all. That is not it at all. It's like Father Kirby was saying earlier in the homily we listened to on the radio version of the show today, that it, it, you know, the longer we wait to go, it's like getting a thousand paper cuts on our hands. Each little thing might seem like a little tiny thing, but when you couple them together, it's a lot, and it can really affect us. So I hope the big takeaway from today is go. Your prayers will be more effective for you. Your prayers will be more effective for the church. Your prayers will be more effective for 
the entire body of Christ. But that said, above all of that, why should you go regularly? Why should you go to stay in a state of grace? You can't do it on your own. I cannot do it on my own. We need actual grace helping us every day, assisting us every day so that we can stay in that state of grace by avoiding sin, by saying no to temptation. You know, I'm always conflicted when I say that act of contrition. I promise to sin no more, knowing full well that I'm going to fail at that promise. Knowing full, I'm going to strive to do it. You better believe that. But I'm going to fail. I can't do it on my own. I need God to help me with it. And the more often we go, even if you're not in a state of grave sin, if you you have only venial sins, the more we make that devotional confession, and I like to say at least monthly, and I get that from the Blessed Mother in the first Saturday devotion, where she tells us to go on the first Saturday, at least monthly, the better suited we will be to live that life of grace. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Don't let the voice of the devil get in your head telling you, don't go, it's not that big of a deal, or oh, you should be so ashamed. Don't be ashamed. God already knows what you've done. You've already known what you've done. Own it, claim it, go in there, ask for his forgiveness with a contrite heart. He wants to give you his mercy. He wants to make you whole. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for listening to Roadmap to Heaven today. Pray your rosary.